half the world's biggest companies are downsizing office space amid hybrid <laughs> working. This is an insider story. Here we go. Um, defined as half the world's largest companies, defined as those with over 50,000 employees, plan to downsize their office space by 10 to 20% by 2026. That's a real number, by the way. As hybrid working becomes more prevalent, while many companies are embracing hybrid work, 31% are adopting an office-first approach. The shift in office space strategy is driven by a broader range of business factors beyond the pandemic, with companies seeking to optimize their office usage and offer flexibility to employees. However, 55% of all surveyed companies anticipate increasing their office footprints in the next three years, particularly mid-sized companies. So bigger companies are downsizing. Smaller to mid-sized companies are getting more office space. Tom, when you see this, what do you think about with this article? Well, the first thing is, you know, your government under the cover of COVID, you know, sort of was pushing the agenda for work from home and forcing lockdowns. And what they have unwittingly done is triggered a waterfall. And I'm speaking to you, Joe Biden, is triggered a waterfall that is about to be a calamity in commercial real estate. Because now the companies are saying, well, maybe I can't there's two sides to it. There are companies that are asking people to come back to work, and we're seeing those um, announcements every day. Apple says people got to come back to work. Amazon says, and all the people get upset. Well, then what you don't see is underneath it all is the companies that say, well, maybe I can make some of the remote work for cost reasons, and those people are not getting promoted, and maybe I need less office space, and that waterfall effect has had that their larger companies are needing less space and less demand for leases, and so now the commercial real estate market is suffering with less demand, and we can thank this crash coming in the sector of the economy to COVID and lockdowns that triggered this whole work-from-home debate. It's, it's interesting you're saying that because when you look at numbers with commercial real estate, it says commercial real estate crisis still looming over the U.S. economy, and it's not going away. The U.S. economy faces looming threat of a commercial real estate market crash at $1.5 trillion in commercial mortgage debt is due by the end of 2025. Tighter credit conditions, higher borrowing costs, and declining property values due to remote work have increased the risk of default. Fitch ratings estimate that 35% of pooled securities commercial mortgages due to April, due between April and December of 2023, totaling, ready, $5.8 billion will not be able to be refinanced. Office and retail property valuations could potentially drop as much as 40% this year. Let me say that one more time. Office and retail property valuations, valuations could drop as much as 40% this year, Tom. That means a $10 million property is $6 million bucks. That's correct. Okay. According to Lisa Chalette, CIO of Morgan Stanley Wealth Management. It's not like it's a regular person saying this. These are people who know. And what's that last bullet say? Check Small and regional banks holding about 80% of commercial real estate market outstanding debt are the main source of credit. The industry upheaval could lead to more restrictive lending standards, making it harder for businesses and households to obtain loans. And by the way, this is why, and I'll say this openly, I'm long on J.P. Morgan stock because if those small regional banks keep going to J.P. Morgan, small regional banks fail. Who's got the best credit rating and the best capital structures to them for the pick it up? J.P. Morgan. So you're saying buy stock now? 
Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm in. I'm just said. Okay. I, I said it openly so I could be disclosed. Gotcha. I'm long J.P. Morgan, but the reason I'm long J.P. Morgan is I believe they're about to take advantage of the additional losses that are going to happen in small and regional banks who are holding the credit. Because who does the banks in downtown L.A.? Glendale Federal and other people like that. It's the local economy yeah. that have those big commercial dollars. Who does Suarez go to help the economy, you know, d- down in Miami with big about bank lending? SunTrust, you know, that's who he goes to. These are local partners building up local cities. And they're about to get, you know, uh, local, local shots in the chops. Yeah, we've already said, I mean, when you say J.P. Morgan, you're talking about J.P. Morgan Chase, who's the CEO of that, Jamie Dimon. The writing's been on the wall. How many... Regional banks has he already gobbled up, right? How many? How much money has moved to the big banks? But Pat, let me touch on that first story. He's he talked capitalized about. to do it exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. got the money. Is basically what it is. It's so funny here. Uh, this first story that half the world's biggest companies are downsizing office space. <laughs> I've never heard this this term before. "Quote unquote office first. What does that remind you of a little bit? America first, <laughs> office first. Yeah. There's a metaphor here. It's it's almost like you talked about this on the on the uh, Andrew Schultz podcast. Shout out to Andrew Schultz, by the way, and his, and his squad. Great podcast. But you said you said, what's wrong with being a nationalist? You know, nationalist gets a bad name. Obviously, we know some yeah. certain. Then when you hear nationalism, funny the, mustache the, the, guy. Yeah, there's a funny yeah. mustache guy. But what's wrong with loving your country? What's wrong with loving America? What's the opposite of nationalist? You said globalist. And we're seeing the Klaus shops of the world, the World Economic Forum here. There's a storyline here. Office first. Get your ass in the office. Work, right? Versus globalism. Work from anywhere. Work from home. Don't come into the office. Don't have any contact with people you're working with. What are we talking about here? There's no borders. Why borders? There's a metaphor here, right? But I, I think it's important to see here that 55% of companies are actually going to increase their office space. What we're realizing is you need to be adaptable. You need to be flexible. And there is a happy medium here. Some people, they can, I mean, how many people that work for PHP don't work in the home office, right? They work all across the country, but they do have satellite offices, regional offices. I think that the, the, where we're at today, the sign of the times being adaptable and flexible is what works for you, what works for your company. A company knows, all right, 10 to 20%, we're going to downsize here. Maybe they don't need to be here. 55%, no, your ass is going to be in the office here. There is a storyline here. Nationalists, globalists, work from anywhere, office first. At the end of the day, there is a, it's a very nuanced discussion here. It's not black and white. Zoom, everything with technology, people can work from anywhere. But at the end of the day, culture, you know, what does it say? Culture eats what for breakfast? Strategy. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. If we didn't work from here to this podcast together every single day, uh, I, I doubt we would have the same let impact. Me, let me just transition that into what a, what a perfect transition on what you just said. I don't think there's a better story for us to go to than page 21, if you want to go to page 21. Watch this. This is where contradiction and hypocrisy uh, uh, is exposed. So this is the new Surgeon General Advisory raises alarm about devastating impact of the epidemic of loneliness and isolation in the United States. This is an article from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy, can you pull him up and see how long he's been a Surgeon General, has issued an advisory addressing the crisis of loneliness and isolation in the United States, which affects approximately half of American adults. The consequences include a 29% risk of heart disease, a 32% increased risk of stroke, 
a 50% increased risk, risk of developing dementia in older adults and a doubled risk of depression amongst those who frequently feel alone. Dr. Murthy proposes a national strategy to advance social connection, highlighting the need to prioritize social connection as critical public health issue alongside tobacco, obesity, and substance use disorders. The strategy aims to mobilize the health sector, reform digital environments, deepen research on social disconnection, and cultivate a culture of connection. By strengthening social infrastructure, implementing pro-connection policies, and promoting meaningful social connections, the strategy aims to build a healthier, more resilient nation and addresses the impact of loneliness on diseases such as heart disease, stroke, dementia, and depression. Okay, how long has this guy been the Surgeon General? Can you go to it? How long has he been in? So he's the 19th and 21st Surgeon General. So his first stint was 2014 to 2017, and then he came back in office in 2021. So 2014 to 2017, which means Barack Obama, the only reason it says Trump is because Trump fired him, (laughs) replaced him with somebody, and then he came back in four years later under Obama, under Biden, which we know where he leans politically, okay? By the way, this was the same guy that was supportive of the shutdown. This is the same guy that said, hey, essential, non-essential. So the level of arrogance to think how short-term thinking Americans are that they forgot what this guy stood for. You read this article. If I didn't tell you who was written by you, would say, man, the guy that said this, what a freaking noble guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What, what, a, what a guy that cares about so many people for him to say the consequences of you know, loneliness and isolation in the United States, 29% increase in risk of heart disease, 32% increase in stroke, 50% increase in risk of developing dementia. Really? So I wonder if the amount of people that end up dying from COVID, those that actually had COVID, not the people that died because of obesity, not the people that died because it was a common cold, but they categorize it as a COVID, let's just say. I'm talking the net, 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 net. People that died strictly from COVID is what they died from. Versus how many end up dying from stroke, heart, dementia, loneliness, depression. I wonder what the long-term effects of that decision is going to be versus the short-term effects. Okay, Is there a reason why states like Florida did so well? You know what I would do if I was the census camp? Hmm. I would take this story and I would say, hey, we did exactly what you're saying to do three years ago, two years ago. You're saying it now, but it's too late. People are moving to Florida because we allow people to live, and they're happy. People in Florida are happy. This policy produced miserable people. Now you want to write this paper to sound like you're noble? Now you want to do this? I, if I'm Trump or DeSantis' camp, probably more DeSantis' camp, I would be using this story here to talk about the effect it's having on people today. Fully agree, PBD. Full, fully agree. I mean, we've learned the term social distancing. Uh, that was the first time we've ever heard that in our lifetime. And this article talks about cultivate culture. a culture of cultural connection. What's the opposite <laughs> of distancing? That's so connection. It's, it's comical. And you know what? There's a certain segment of the population that needs to hear this message, that needs to understand this message. And that is young men, especially young men under 35. You know, Dr. Scott Galloway, NYU, talks about the most dangerous men in society are broke, lonely men on their phones, sitting at home all day. And those people, that situation was exacerbated during COVID, okay? Those people are struggling like hell right now. Social uh, social media apps, everything on dating apps, prioritize the top of the top. The, the, the top guys out there, they're doing just fine, okay? 
you think, you know, what do they say? Uh, ben Affleck in Boiler Room. Uh, you think money doesn't buy happiness? Look at the smile on my fucking face. Yeah, from Everything's ear to good. Ear, if, you, if you're doing okay, if you're a top G out there, things are fine. But the young guys out there that are working from home, not getting any action, not out there networking, they are struggling. And I empathize with these guys. What's the answer, though? You got to get out there. You got to work out. You got to improve. You got to work on yourself. Life happens outside of your phone. You have to get out there. The number one thing in life, the one thing I've realized in life, it all comes down to people and relationships and being able to interact with other people and, and have deep, actual connections. Life happens outside of your phone. You have to get out there and put the phone down and genuinely interact with other people. And that's the one thing we learned during COVID. And that's the one thing that was taken away from us. What did we, Social interaction. And what, connection. Are we, what are we doing, Addison, during COVID? What do we do? We work from the office every, every day. day. Every day. At we the worked, office. When they said we're non-essential, yeah. we worked at the office every day. The only day I took off was one Sunday, 90 days straight. Every single flipping day. But so many people fell for this. No, no, no. Social distancing. No, no, no. They scared the crap out of so many people. Yeah. That they fell for this. You know who you, you know what percentage of people fell for the most? Those with bachelor degrees. Oh, really? Those with bachelor's degrees. You know who was the lowest? Those with MBAs. It was interesting. Do you remember that study that came yeah, out? Bachelor's yep. degree was yes. the highest. And then PhDs uh, and, and then high school the high school uh, grads, they were lower to trust the whole social distancing <laughs> than the bachelor's The bachelor's degrees are Amen. Yeah, what we got to do? <laughs> Social distancing. Yeah. You know, stay six six feet away from your book when you read it because, yeah. God forbid, maybe the book has COVID. Yeah. All these weird things that they fell for, right? Why Go do you think Tom. that was, PBD? Why do you because, think that was? Because sometimes a bachelor's degree is a sign of you are a person that just goes after whatever the government tells you <laughs> yeah. to do and you can't question anything. You're programmable. Yeah, you're freaking pro you're programmable. programmable. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you got to be like, my man, No. I'm not doing this. You know, one of, one of the girls uh, was at our house uh, from the baseball thing. You weren't there. We were doing Dylan's baseball thing uh, mm -hmm. celebration. And a father's sitting there, and I said, so, hey, I look at his daughter. She's got a Chiefs uh, sweater on. I said, oh, so you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan? No. So there was, why, what, who, what, well, there's a school here that I'm a fan of that school. Oh, okay, cool. Ah. So is that the school you go to? No, I was going to a different school. What school were you going to? Well, I was going to XYZ. How long have you been going there? For many years. Why did you leave? And she just looked straight out at dad. Doesn't want to answer the question. And a dad is a stud. Total stud of a guy. He's like, well, you know, he's just, he's just kind of beat around the book. I said, no, what's the reason? Well, I said, listen, you're safe here. Why did you leave? He finally said, listen, we are so sick of all this woke agenda at this school. Tom, you know what the school is. The school is the school that, you know... <laughs> So it's constant Pride Month, you know, climate change. You know, if you write a paper opposing LGBTQ, you could get an F because you're wrong in the teacher's eyes. Let me get this straight. They call and they teach parents to become conformers. I'm at a baseball hitting practice with Jen and Dylan and Senna. The father has his kid going to Pinecrest that's playing baseball there. And the father says... I had to call to apologize because if I don't, my son may possibly not play baseball. What the hell do you mean you have to call to apologize? Because it's their way or the highway. And you know what's happening? 
those types of schools are gradually having an exodus. Good. Slowly but surely. Good. You can't be doing stuff like that. Parents are going to rise up and they're going to say, this is pathetic. I'm not following this here. Anyways, let's go to the next story. Unless of time, you have a final thoughts. If you don't, we can go to the next story. No, but the return to office seems to be a hell of a solution for people that are looking for social connection, pro-connection policies, and to have eyes on you with coworkers to say, how are you doing? Yeah. What did Michael yeah. Saylor say? What are you doing for lunch today? You want to go for lunch? Yeah, are you all right? Yeah. How's your life? You what did doing? Michael Saylor say when him and I were both late that one day during the Bitcoin conference? He goes, yeah, it's safe to say uh, the people are back at work again right now. <laughs> <laughs> Saylor made a joke. All right. Uh, okay, so let's go, to, uh, let's go to the next story here with Chris Lick. CNN CEO Chris Licht mm-hmm. out after Trump town hall fallout. <laughs> Brutal Atlantic article. This is a CNBC story. And then the reason... Why he got fired. Page 12, if you want to go to it. Um, <clears throat> page 12, uh, where are we at here? Okay, there we go. Uh, Chris Lick to stepping down as C- CEO of CNN after just over a year in the position following a series of setbacks, including the cancellation of the CNN Plus streaming service. You put that on the guy. He had only been there for a year. And declining ratings, Warner Brothers Discovery, the parent company of CNN, announced the departure and stated that a search would be conducted internally and externally for new CEO. Licked exit was triggered by multiple factors, including a town hall event with former President Donald Trump that drew criticism and resulted in a rating drop. Additionally, rating dropped at a record-breaking rating. Additionally, an unflattering article in The Atlantic titled Inside the Meltdown at CNN contributed to the decision. In a memo to staff, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav took responsibility for the outcome and expressed appreciation for Lick's effort and dedication. And here's a story from Politico, the real reason behind Chris Lick getting fired. Chris Lick's departure as CNN CEO was influenced by a critical profile in the Atlantic. Again, same story. Lick was perceived as subservient to Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Savvy made the changes that were seen as rebukes by CNN staff that his distance from Newsom newsrooms and failure to charm their staff worsen his situation. Firing Licht will not solve CNN's problem. As the cable news industry is in decline, the new CEO will inherit a damaged organization and should learn from Licht's mistakes while building relationships with the staff. Tom. Licht inherited a damaged organization. Uh, Malik, do you have the the chart we have on the ratings? It's the from the uh, Economist, the pink chart. <sighs> Quicksilver. It was a sentence you take. Anyway, so the ratings disaster at CNN had started um, as soon as as soon as the election was over, and as soon as that election was over, um, suddenly all they had was COVID, 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 COVID. Number one, Chris Lick gets brought in by David Zaslav to be a turnaround specialist. He was a showrunner. This guy is a gifted showrunner, and by the way, he still is a gifted showrunner who had a very very tough year at his job. You know, he he built Stephen Colbert's show. He built CBS This Morning. He built Morning Joe. So this is a showrunner, not a guy that's ready to run an organization. And PBD, we see people like this at the vault conference. People at the vault conference who are running great organizations versus people who are just kind of monolithic executives. Chris Lick is a showrunner hired by David Zaslav to turn around. Turn around CNN. Take a look at this. What happened to ratings, Pat? Here's the chart. Right after the election, whammo, they all drop. Look at that rating drop when there's nothing to talk about Trump except 
January 6th, and it's COVID, 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 COVID. Fox was the only one that moderated programming, and you can see their ratings dropped after the election cycle, but then leveled out closer to where they were beforehand. Holy see that? Moly. Whereas CNN and NBC, Pat, you see their ratings. By the way, they peaked were- at the same exact level. Look at CNN and Fox. Same exact peak. Do you see it? First week of November oh 2020. Goodness. The election. So that's the mistake. That's right. That, that was a mistake. So Zaslav doesn't bring in a turnaround guy. He brings in Chris Lick. Now, and Chris Lick, by the way, what had happened at CNN? You know, CNN had had the controversy of, who was that guy? The Jeff mad, Zucker? Uh, no, the, the president. The Zooming Jacker, uh, Jeffrey Tubin. Jeffrey right? Tubin masturbating oh, on a that. Zoom call. Remember Rats. that guy? Rats. Yeah, they brought him yeah. back. Yep. And, then, um, and then Cuomo. They had this issue with uh, Cuomo. And then they had Don Lemon was already in the penalty box when Chris Licht walked in and said, hey, Chris, turn this thing around. And so he does CBS this morning, and they said, what am I going to do? I've got this idea to put women on and do this just like I did CBS this morning. I'll call it CNN this morning. Well, you need to use Don Lemon. Why? Well, he's under contract. Why? That was a decision that he got forced into. We all know what happened there. Eventually, Lemon didn't get along with his estrogen-charged um, you know, co-host. And you look at what happened here, and they were already having it. So was it a good idea to let the Atlantic follow you around for an article? No. Was it a... Oh, by the way, CNN Plus was also canceled as he was walking in the door. So for everybody that says this was all on Chris Licht, a guy who wasn't a turnaround specialist was brought in. Not a good idea to do the Atlantic thing. And the couple things that he tried to build his shows, he was kind of hamstrung. That didn't work. And guess what came out this morning? A story is that the people that have been talking to the media and leaking thing is a bunch of Zucker loyalists who are now back where they were. But guess what? The other side of it is private equity people know David Zaslav's playbook. And you know what? CNN is only 5% or Warner Brothers Discovery, 5%. But it was 71% of the headlines for the last six months. That's not what you want. No. I think Zaslav's going to say, for what am I bid for this wounded puppy? I think that's where it's going. But I think they've been too hard on Chris Licht, even though he did. There are some things he did. Okay, Atlantic article, not a good idea. By the way, just, just so people know who this guy was, he was the executive producer and the showrunner for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. A breakout a, show against yeah. other bigger shows. Right, and, and as well as CBS's executive vice president of special programming, he's also known for having launched Morning Joe. On MSNBC and the reboot of CBS this morning. This is not a guy that's not like a, you know, a lightweight guy. He's a he, he's part of the Democratic. He is part of that community. He is a guy that's, you know, w- willing to support that community. This guy was a qualified guy for that job, but they needed somebody to uh, target and go after. I just now, love now they're blaming him, but he walked into the Jeff Zucker mess. And I, and and you guys are talking about CNN, Chris Lake. Uh, all this starts. With one guy, all this demise, one guy saying two words to Jim Acosta, fake news. This all started Mm -hmm. from that one moment, and it's gone all downhill from Trump to where the fake news comment. And then think about it. They put him on the town hall. They try to gain, like, they want to get some clout back. And then the viewers are like, why the hell did you put him on there? It all started with Trump. And I'm so happy that this is happening to everybody at that that crappy-ass news network. By the way, you said Jim Acosta. Did you... Do they know about when you were in Ukraine? <laughs> no, did they not know that? Have, did, did, do you have that clip, Rob? Oh, when, my goodness. When, when you were, <laughs> go ahead. You were going to say oh, something. Yeah, yeah. Well, you before, paid visit to Ukraine like before two weeks we, ago. I was go in, ahead. Yeah. yeah, before we hear, see that uh, 
excellent video that you did while you were uh, right on the grounds of Ukraine, which definitely wasn't fake Shot, whatsoever. Nothing happened, no, nothing yeah. happened to me either. Uh, the, the guy Chris Licht, in, number one, I don't think most people can pick him out of a lineup if you paid them. So uh, he was there. Uh, he came in, what, a year ago? He took the place of Jeff Zucker. Jeff Zucker was running CNN for multiple decades. I actually had high hopes for this guy because I think if his campaign message was anything, it was he wanted to bring CNN more to the middle. Was that not what yep. it was? Yep. That was kind of what he was looking to do. And I actually thought that was been a good move for them. But what we realized is you need to play to your base. And CNN's base at this point is definitely on the left. Fox News' base is definitely on the right. How many people were up in arms when Tucker was left let go from from Fox News? Uh, not a good look for them. But a further proof that cable news is dying and that they're just looking for anything to basically, as an excuse, the ratings were up when Trump was there, and, uh, you know, when they did the town hall. They had Pence just there. Yeah. Flop. Flop. Nobody really cared about that. But the, the interesting thing will be two things. What's next for this guy? Where's he going? Because he's going to be high in demand. I guarantee you that. And then who's next for CNN? Be very interesting. People are all up in arms on Linda Yaccarino being brought in as the Twitter CEO. Let's see who the new CEO of CNN is and see what they if stand for. If you're firing Chris Lick, the only person you can bring in is somebody that Zucker approves of. Don Lamont? No, no, no way. it's got to be somebody that Zucker approves of. And you'll find somebody. Zucker's going to send the loyalists, but that doesn't mean the ratings are going to improve. <laughs> to say your best show was when you had Trump back on, you know how embarrassing that is to the brand of CNN. That's what they're embarrassed of. And Licht was just trying to do his job. Go ahead, Rob. Play this clip when Vinny was in Ukraine working for CMM a couple weeks ago. But, go but ahead. who was I? I was yeah, go ahead. Watch yeah, this here. We're going to go live with our In the Field news correspondent, Jim Acosta. I'm glad you made it. Jim Thank is you. on the ground in Ukraine, directly in harm's way. Really, look Jim, how dangerous how's it looking out there? Front lines. Not good, Karen. I am literally in the trenches right now. Look, I almost got killed. Is, it's insane. <laughs> Russian forces have infiltrated Rob, our stronghold. I am in the foxhole as we speak with the Ukrainian soldier. You're being attacked left and right. Look at look at the Hold explosion. There's gas. There's gas. This is left and right, and this weather is just adding insult to injury. Look, I almost got shot. He doesn't even move. As you can see, I stuck my big toe really, really hard, and I got the clap. But none of that matters. The only thing that matters is reporting real news. Real news. Listen, if I don't make it out of here, somebody please tell my wife. Oh my God, Jim. Jim Who's this guy? Yes. You, I love you. Jim You're Acosta. so convincing, man. Thank you. You know how many times I've fallen for your stuff? I appreciate you. I appreciate Can I get a picture with you? I mean, yeah, I'm in the middle of shooting. This is unfreaking believable. This is ridiculous. Oh, bro. my God. CMS. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bro, you guys got to keep it up. You're, I appreciate it. You are so convincing. Keep lying for ratings. It's phenomenal. I, I appreciate awesome. it. Thank, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thanks for having the shot. Kelly, will you stop? The jig is up. All right, Boris, stop smoking. <laughs> By the way, subscribe to Valuetainment Comedy. Yeah. If you want yeah. to see more stuff like that, Vinny's doing that games. weekly. Thank you. Thank you. CMM. Centralized <laughs> made up media, baby. Anyways, okay, so let's go to the next story. Next story we can go to is with Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson's first episode of Tucker on Twitter nets. It says 70 million, but that's June 7th. I think it's at 110 million right now, if not higher. Tucker is on fire. To uh, say the least, he's absolutely crushing it with where he's at. Uh, the first episode, uh, okay, Twitter CEO Elon Musk acknowledged his high view count, but clarified that it only counts for views on the X Twitter app or web browser, excluding views from other sources like Google search results or Bloomberg terminals. Carlson chose Twitter as a platform for his show 
after leaving Fox News, citing the platform's commitment to free speech, he expresses hope that Twitter would provide a platform with, without gatekeepers, emphasizing his gratitude for the opportunity to be on a platform. But very quickly, by the way, second episode came out yesterday, which has got somewhere around 40 million views. And then immediately after his first episode, Fox News tells Tucker Carlson he violated his contract with new Twitter show. This is NBC News. Uh, Fox News informed Tucker Carlson's lawyer that he violated his contract with the network by releasing the first episode of his new show on Twitter. The breach of contract stated in a, in a letter from Fox News General Counsel Brandon Guger, who referred to Carlson's contract signed in November of 2019 and amended in February of 2021. Carlson's lawyer, Brian Friedman, argued that any legal action taken by Fox News would infringe on Carlson's First Amendment rights. Carlson's new show on Twitter, titled Episode 1, featured his unfounded claim that Ukraine was responsible for an attack on a dam in Russia, Russian-occupied territory, leading to devastating floods. Ukrainian President Zelensky and U.S. officials have accused Russia of the attack, while Russia denies any involvement. I mean, that's pretty... And, and yesterday, he's out there doing what he's doing yesterday. If you watch what he said yesterday... Twitter, a lot of people on Twitter are going back and forth saying, well, what, what is this guy saying? Is he trying to say something? Because a part of what he said in, in episode number two, I think 90 seconds into it or two minutes into it, he says, by 2008, no one questioned that Barack Obama had a highly creepy personal life. <laughs> what? What? What creepy? What That's... highly creepy personal life oh. is he talking about? Like, Tom, what do you think about what's going on here right now with Fox News uh, suing uh, Tucker or getting after him? I love this. So let's go to one sentence that everyone will understand. It said, Fox sends a letter that said, Mr. Carlson's services shall be completely exclusive to Fox. That was under a contract with Fox. Fox pays Carlson specifically to be there. Now then, he goes on Twitter. Twitter's an open platform. And he put a video up on Twitter showing what he thinks. That's it. Does he have a contract with Twitter? No. Elon Musk has said so. There's no contract with this guy. As a matter of fact, Elon Musk went out of his way to put a tweet out, remember, that said there is no contract with Tucker Carlson. Mm -hmm. So he went out and did that. This would be, this is going to be tough for the Fox lawyer to get a judge to injunct and say, oh yeah, well, you, you've got a contract with Fox. Your services are exclusive to the Fox and now you're providing services. He's going to have to, Fox has got to successfully argue that he's providing services to Twitter. He's not. He's a free guy stating what he believes and put a video up on a open social media platform. I, I don't think Fox has an angle here because what judge is going to say that? How is he monetizing his content on Twitter? That's exactly right. What's the contract? Or do you get casual monetization for cumulative views? Does or, he? I, I don't know. I mean, How does that work? That's a good question. If he, does, if he doesn't, then there's no commercial relationship. Even just a casual commercial relationship where you click the button saying, yeah, send me a check if there's enough views and you can sell ads against it. But that still isn't a contract to provide services. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's in the clear. I think he knows he's in the clear. And I think that this is the only angle that Fox can take, but they got to find a, a judge that will injunct and say this. Yeah, t t t Musk made it clear that he's not paying them. He says, I, I also want to be clear that we have not signed a deal of any kind whatsoever. Tucker is subject to the same rules and rewards of all content creators. Rewards means subscriptions and advertising revenue share coming soon, which is a function of how many people subscribe and the advertising views associated with the content. I hope that many others, particularly from the left, 
also choose to be content creators on this platform. He's like the test run patent. Guess what? He'll do this, bro. Think about the, how brilliant this is. For one year, he's going to do this and get numbers at him like 75 million, 75, 80 million, 100 million. Once Fox lets him go, then they're going to say, okay, now it's time to start paying this dude. He's going to he more views than the bro. entire cable news lineup that Combined. Night. Combined. <laughs> exactly. So that's a great move, bro. Get your name up there and then. Absolutely yeah. crushing it. Killing guy, it, bro. The guy has a very necessary voice. Clearly, the market wants to hear what he has to say. Yeah. I, I personally think that he's the top, if not one of the top, opinion personalities out there. I, I don't consider him I a journalist, that. meaning he'll say, th he's admitted, sometimes I'll say things that aren't right and yeah. wrong, and he's not looking to get fact checked these days. But when it comes to his opinion, People do what hear, want to hear what he has I, to say. I love that you said, Adam, it's opinion. You know the girl that was the executive? She's a producer, uh, Caroline, that was on the flight with yeah, us. your new girlfriend. She's gorgeous. No, she's married with kids. But anyway, we'll get into that later. Uh, she when has said, that ever stopped? We, no, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> never. Listen, we, we had a conversation where we were saying it's like your opinion. Right, Tom? We're not even allowed to have an opinion about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Everything that we talk about isn't factual. I'm not getting fact checker. I'm not saying, hey, listen, this is a fact. I have an opinion. He has an opinion, like the Nord Stream pipeline, right? Like, mm -hmm. in my opinion, why would one side do it? It's pretty much going to be the other side, and that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think they have to try to shut your ass up if you have an opinion that goes against their narrative. So that's what. Thanks it is. for your opinion, Vin. You're welcome. Free, <laughs> uh, un un unedited, unadulterated. Let's talk about the job market real quick. Behind rise in unemployment, job market is really strong. This is a Wall Street Journal story. Uh, and there's two stories back to back. I'll read both of them here for you on what's going on with the job market. So uh, unemployment rate increased to 3.7% from 3.4% in May. But the numbers of job search indicating a strong job market, the, the household survey, which determines the unemployment rate, showed a decline in, in, un, in employment. But when adjusted to payroll definition, household employment actually increased by 394,000. Wages remain firm with a slight deceleration in overall wages in May. But wages for non-management employees rose by half a percent over the past three months. Both overall wages and non-management earnings continue to grow at rate that showed no sign of deceleration, which may unsettle the Federal Reserve. Healthcare, government, and you know what that means, right? That means interest rates are about to increase. Healthcare, government, professional sectors added the most jobs while the information sector experienced a decline, possibly due to a rider's strike. And then this leads to the next story. U.S. job openings rose in April, reversing three-month decline. U.S. job openings rose in April, reversing three-month job decline, indicating strong employer demand despite a gradual uh, slowing economy. The Labor Department um, uh, reported a seasonally adjusted 10.1 million jobs in April, up from 9.7 million jobs. Layoffs decreased to 1.6 million in April, further highlighting a solid labor market, while job openings have declined from the record high of 12 million in, May, in March of 2022. Uh, they still outnumbered the 5.7 million actively seeking in April. Various sectors experienced changes in job uh, openings with increases seen in retail warehouses, healthcare, and transportation, while declines were observed in factories, real estate firms, and state local governments. The number of workers quitting their jobs held steady, indicating confidence in finding new employment opportunities. Tom. So there's a couple things going on here. And uh, hey, Rob, can you find, look up this type, uh, Fred Initial claims initial job claims fred and you'll get this blue chart right here fred not the fed fred interesting fred. that's a new one there you go so what, what's going on here is two things that we need to there we go st louis that's it let's take a look at this 
Watch for the blue line. There's another another chart in there. But what we've got here is initial job claims have suddenly spiked. I don't mean a little. Tom, can I see that? Go ahead. Keep saying it. Um, And just look at the blue line on the far left. Yeah. And what happens to that blue line? Um, And that came out that came out yesterday. So. The initial job claims come out. What is an initial job claim? That's someone after six weeks says, I've been unable to find work. I need unemployment assistance. And they get it from their state. So you go to an unemployment office. So those claims are way up. The other one is, Rob, let's just go to uh, show the tweet that I had from Danielle. And what was very interesting going on here, take a look at this. There is <clears throat> the Labor Department made a birth death adjustment. Whoops. Or we, we, we got this wrong on birth death. They changed it. <clears throat> and look what they did to their own chart, Pat. Whack. Their chart takes this whack. And Danielle and others came out and said, this is Daniel DiMartino Booth, who's an expert on uh, Fed statistics. If you look at the past 12 months, 37% of the jobs were made by a birth death adjustment. In other words, they weren't made. So when they say that job creation was up, 37% of those is a data correction, and it is a pure estimate from our government. What's not an estimate from our government is that jobless claims just spiked last week as people are looking for real checks. So if there's real jobs out there and the job growth is up, then why are so many people looking for checks? This is the conflict that's in our labor statistics. We've had people recently that were here on PBD podcast who said, how is it that the government 14 months in a row kept beating the labor stats? Remember that, Pat? Mm -hmm. It's because they make an announcement. They go in the background, they quietly adjust it. And then next week they say, oh, we beat our estimate. So there's a lot of BS going on, and all I, I got to say is look at the number of people laid off. Look at what's going in the housing market. Look at the number of initial jobless claims. I don't care about the job creation stats. When I look around my community and I can see people that are in line for unemployment checks and I see what's going on, um, this is the government, specifically the Biden administration, is creating good news out of statistics. And there's a couple times that they've done some magic spreadsheet work. Look at that spike, Pat. Jeez. That was an adjustment that they made in birth deaths. The dart's going this way. No, 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 sorry. It's up here. <laughs> and and you've got experts on this, like Danielle, coming out and say 37% of those jobs are made by a spreadsheet. Thank you for that uh, <laughs> breakdown. No, I, genuinely. That's that, awesome. A little more of the value. Can I, I add a little attainment to this thing? This yeah. other article here I think is, is very entertaining here. Let me just read it real quick. It's basically um, it's, it's an article from The Insider. It says, no job, no problem. For some, they call, here's a new term, fun employment. (laughs) Summer after quitting sounds like a perfect job. Fun employment is a term for embracing joblessness as liberating and empowering. Prioritizing personal pursuits and self-reflection. It's about enjoying life (laughs) rather than rushing into a new job. The pandemic has shifted perspectives on work and life, leading to burnout and restlessness. Around 28% of laid-off workers plan to take a break before their next job, recognizing the opportunity of self-care, and exploration. Those with savings and severance are taking advantage of fun employment <laughs> summer. They pursue passions, personal growth, and even make career changes, realizing that traditional work may not bring them fulfillment. People want to have that work-life balance. People want to have that fun, fun employment, employment summer. You know, last year it was hot girl summer. Yeah. 
Then before that, I think it was White Boy Summer. White Boy Shout summer. out to Chet Hanks. Yeah. Now it's Fun Employment Summer. Who needs money? We can get money from the government, baby. Exactly. And let's go back. And if you, can you take us back to your man on the street interview with a young woman <laughs> that came from New York with yeah, that government money exactly. to have a fun employment week? There's a beginning and a middle to end of this fun employment. The beginning is you got a check from the government Woo! for six thousand yeah. dollars. What are you going to do with that money? I'm going on spring break vacation. I said, oh, they were only giving out 1800 bucks. How'd you get six grand or so? She goes, I got dependents, baby. Oh, you got kids. I go, Hold by on. the way, <laughs> how much did you spend on this vacation? $6,000. Uh, how much money you have left in the account after this trip? I have no money left. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like that fun employment's going to be coming to an end and you're going to have what is called unemployment at that point. Then you're going to need to be collecting Unemployment checks, and then you need to be back on the government situation again. And she wasn't. Unemployment leads to no money after no, a while. She was looking for someone so, to take yeah. her to dinner, and you were a cute guy with a microphone. And Vinny, exactly. That's what happens when these girls collect them fun employment checks. <laughs> they, all they want, they want some dude out there to start yeah. funding their lifestyle. Dude. Gentlemen, be very careful Ow, of these leeches out here. I need Ow, that clip in my email Ow. so I can and forward it. You know what? And this is a perfect. This is a perfect transition into why vasectomies <laughs> rose by twenty nine percent in the three months I'm after. The end of that. row. The Economist. This is a true story, by the way. The Economist comes out with the story, talking about following the Supreme Court decision of Dobbs versus Jackson, women's health organization ruling, which allowed states to ban abortion and demand the vasectomy surge in the summer of 2022. Doctor Doug Stein, a urologist, saw registrations for vasectomies almost triple the week after the ruling. Insurance claims data indicate 17 percent increase in procedures. In the six month following the ruling, after a with a 29% increase between July and September, while the number of vasectomies have been gradually increasing in recent years, the rate of Americans who uh, have un, uh, undergone the procedure is lower than it was 20 years ago. Men who were motivated by Dobbs' ruling cited various reasons for choosing vasectomy, including concerns about limited access to abortion as a backup uh, contraception method, fears that vasectomy could be outlawed. Next, and a sense of solidarity with women. Vasectomy is being is seen as a sacrifice <laughs> that eases the burden of contraception responsibility from women and is often associated with gender quality, equality. What a noble cause. Ugh. So when are you guys getting yours done? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any. Adam, you're trying to have a kid. I, I'm trying to have one, so I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm impregnating everybody out there. Yeah, my brother uh, has four. My brother. Any it. thoughts on this yeah, crazy of course, statistic? Of course. What do you want to say? I'll about add it? to this. Well, Go this is going to be a very controversial, controversial take. Okay, so Shoot. brace for impact. Only men can have vasectomies. That's what? Yeah, yeah. Only men. Oh, what Women a, cannot you're a, have you're a, you're vasectomies. You're homophobic, transphobic. Hey, you're it is what it is. You're a phobic. Just no. like only women can have babies. I said it. I don't know. What? No, yeah, no, no. No, no. I'm no. taking that stance Thanks right for there. for banning us. You know, I actually had a conversation. We had a whole debate about this. Rolo, uh, Rolo Tomasi, shout out to him. He made a whole uh, shitstorm, tweet storm out there basically saying the quickest path to being a high-value man was to do the following seven things. And number three, I believe, was get a vasectomy. And it was very controversial. People were like, what are you talking about? Why would a man get a vasectomy? And basically, he says, you know, there was a whole checklist of things. And essentially, the, and he highlighted the quickest path is not rushing to have kids, not rushing to have a family, focusing on yourself, focusing on not having kids, focus on your money, focusing on all that, which I can appreciate because I've sort of followed that path. And now that I've made my money, have my network, things are good, life's good, I'm fully prepared, fully ready to uh, 
basically utilize my non-vasectomy yeah. to the ladies out there taking applications. And I think I think that the so the next situation is, yeah, I would like to have a family. And and I fully agree with kind of what he's saying. And, and I wouldn't take what he was saying too literally. Yeah. I don't think people are rushing to genuinely get vasectomies, but not having kids and not starting a family, at least in your 20s and even in your 30s, early 30s, I think is important. And then the next phase, I think it is very important to be a family man. Well, as you know, Pax, as he told us, you're you're leaving this weekend. So is there any possibility you want to tell everybody where you're going and maybe you might pull the trigger, you might come back a different... I'm, I'm going back to Romania to see Tate. <laughs> we're going to go have a great time. We did the filming, now I'm invited back, and there's a lot of uh, great opportunity, great success. I to like. Have. <laughs> so I like. we'll see. Yeah, but Tom, you waited All until right, you're... Quiet. Play this clip with Dr. <laughs> Phil. Watch this video. Here. I, I love it. I love this clip. Gender boys who might not have their own money to go buy tampons. If they're provided free in the bathroom, it's it's a huge plus. Men do not menstruate. (laughs) Only women menstruate. Now, you can call yourself whatever you want. But trans men do menstruate. No, they don't. Non-binary people. Only women. Menstruating is not exclusive to cis women. No, it's not. Yes, it is. So explain to me as to why my body menstruated at some point. If your chromosomes are XX... And you're young, you menstruate. If you're XY, you don't. Correct, but what about trans men and non-binary? They're not men. We're excluding a whole group of people. They're women dressed as men. You are not a man. Camo. You pretend to be a man, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Live your life. (laughs) Tell me what a man is. Well, what's a man to you? You define a man for me. You have chromosomes that are X and Y. That's what a man is. So why are we just looking at the the the, <laughs> the science of this as a science. science? When when we've <laughs> learned sex and gender identity <laughs> are two very they're completely different Same things. They're not that's completely, they're completely, completely different. They're completely different. Why are we looking at the science? Words. In sex is what you're born with, the sexual reproductive <laughs> organs you have. Or gender or she, is what, is what you that? identify with. They're t- completely Well, I don't accept things. that distinction. You have to argue for it. You're just giving a conclusion. You're you're just making it up. People, the people oh, who hate it. the truth. <laughs> I love that he's. I love how he's leaning back to. He's so comfortable. If, if you want to identify in any way you can, you're free to do so. Yeah. But that does not mean that the rest of us have to join that illusion. You disagree, I disagree with you, and so you call it hate. But right. there's no hate in my heart at all. So that's You are that. being hateful when you tell somebody that identifies okay. as a man oh that they're God. not oh a man. God, that's not hateful. hateful. Oh that's a fact. Pat, aren't you being honest? But I, I tell you, I love that he's wearing a pink shirt. I love it. I love and, and he's, he's like got this. a pink Listen, but I'm a fifth grade teacher. Pat, he's playing with his chest. He's like, you know what? You don't You don't got a vagina. You, you know what's amazing? <laughs> You're a guy. I'm a fifth grade teacher. Come on. I love exactly. him, bro. Two things. He's my new hero. Number one, you know at the end that he was going to be called hate and right wing extremist. Like he's like, oh, I'm fifth grade teacher here, buddy. Yeah. Why is his his voice so important? Because this guy deals with nine year olds and ten year olds who think they're unicorns and princesses and Peter Pan and astronauts, Amen. and they're living in fantasy land, and they are not. So he knows how to identify people who are just living in fa- Never Never Land and being like, uh, I know, Scotty, that you think you're an astronaut and you're wearing that little, or you think you're a T-Rex. Yeah. You're just a boy. Uh, so I'm going to allow you to think you are. You're just a boy. Uh, Same thing as the trannies out there. You're just a man dressing up in skirts. And, yeah, and, and, and at the end of the day, do you. I, I hope you get the right, because, you know, the gender dysphoria, it's mental, whatever mm-hmm. they need to do. Do and that's yeah. why and that's a great point that he made. I disagree. Doesn't mean I hate and like yeah. we say. Listen, like leave the kids. Let the kids make up their own decision. Leave them alone. 
You're transphobic. Labels yeah. put on you and you hate them. It's like, bro, do your thing. The, Dress the up definition out. of transphobic is the hatred of trans people. Nobody hates trans people. No. Saying, hey, I don't think you're an actual woman. I think you still got your dick. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think you have a period. I don't hate you. I'm just kind of telling you the truth. The facts, the facts don't give a shit people, about your feelings. Exactly. They don't. They really don't. You know, Bill Maher, what was it, uh, four or five months ago, did a beautiful diatribe. And um, he just kind of laid it out. And at the very end of it, he said... Me, personally, when I was young, I wanted to be a pirate. And I'm so glad my parents didn't send me out for eye removal and peg leg surgery. <laughs> That's, That's actually brilliant. That's, that was how yeah. he summed it up. Exactly. Brilliant. He said, it's a phase, and yeah. everything is a phase in kids. And I think, in all seriousness... He made a great point. I, I fully agree. I think, in all seriousness, the number one thing is... You got you guys want to dress up and do your little thing? Stay away from the kids. Stay away from the freaking kids. Oh, here's what with Prager? Amazing. Even better. You get, is that the clip or no? No, no, no. I'm it's the it's, it. it's the oh, clip where he was saying like, yeah, where fine. he goes through the BBD, you want to give a hot take on this? No, I don't have a hot take. It's common sense, man. It's just you, you know, you can keep trying to push this down people's throat, but guess what? You're, you're starting to look like clowns is what you're starting to look like. Mm -hmm. Absolute clowns. And who looks even bigger of a clown? You know, who? who's the guy that works at, uh, what is the guy's name who uh, works at MSNBC? He does the elections. Man, I wish I Steve could Steve Kornacki. Man, no, give me the, the, give me the names. Guy? No, no, no. Give me the Not names. Steve. He's like, what is it with these guys? That you, do you know studies show? That, you know, the whole thing about there's only two different sexes, that's actually not true. Do you know recent studies have shown, I'm listening to this guy, I'm like, do you realize, like, you're a pretty credible guy to say, I'll find it and I'll give it to you guys. Chuck, Chuck Todd? I, Chuck Todd, Chuck Todd is, said something no, in the interview the where Steve Kornacki does all well, he the did, election but, but stuff. But Chuck Todd did say something along the lines. No, no, it's Chuck Todd. It's Chuck oh, Todd that said it. Meet the press. Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd University said of Miami grad. Well, yeah, Chuck, Chuck, come on. Did you see what he said, though, about so this? Chuck. Who was he interviewing, Pat? Who was oh, the interview? Oh, my God. Chuck, Chuck Todd's interview. Todd. And he goes, it's not just about, like, it's like things have changed and there's different. And, and the guy was like, no, no, I don't know. Yeah, it was Vivek. This was it, Pat, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's with Vivek. It. But, but oh, don't do the whole one, one minute and 51 seconds. See if you can find a shorter version of it. Are you confident? Okay, here we go. I found it. I'm going to text it to you. I'm going to text it to you. It, I, I you, lost you, all respect for him. You got to hear this. This is like, how can you even say something like that and have still have credibility? Uh, I, I texted it to you. Adam, you're going to lose uh, respect. Uh, uh, you're going to lose respect. Rob, let me know if you got it. It's it's mind-boggling. Did you lose Listen, respect for him? Be honest. I, I don't know if I had it in the first place to lose <laughs> it. Like, there needs to be some Good. respect to lose it. Yeah. When you, when you continuously say stuff that makes zero sense, you just lose credibility. That's all as simple as that. Watch this. I can't believe it. This you. is what Vivek, and Vivek is sitting there saying, like, no, you're hey, you work for this company? How did you get a job for this company? Watch this. Go ahead. Are you confident that you know that gender uh, is uh, as binary as you're describing it? Are you confident that I it am. isn't a spectrum? I uh, am. Do you know I'm, this as a scientist? Look, look, look. Well, there's, there's two X chromosomes if you're a woman, an X and a Y. That means there's you're a man. There's a lot of scientific research out there. There's a lot of scientific research out there that says gender is a spectrum. Research. Chuck, I, I respectfully disagree. Gender dysphoria for most of our history, all the way through the DSM-5, has been characterized as a mental health disorder. And I don't think it's compassionate to affirm that. I think that's cruelty. When a kid is crying out for help, mm -hmm. what they're asking for is, you got to ask the question, of what else is going wrong at home? What else is going wrong at school? Let's be compassionate and get to the heart of that rather than playing this game as though we're actually changing right. our medical understanding I, for the last I, I go 100 back years. To this. You the yeah, fact what? that a Chuck Todd what? says that, there's people that watch this who are regular people and say, 
well, I'm never going to have a show on TV, especially at a company like that. That guy probably knows what he's talking about. Guess what? There's more than two genders. No. Yeah. That we, where is the credibility for something like that? What would make him say that? But, but, but real talk, though, what, make, what makes him say that? He's reading off his notes and his chart. Why would you even say that? It's a clown show. Because to keep his job, he's a wind-up toy soldier for the left. Look, That's just to kind of, so, so all of this kind of ties all together with a company we are all deeply concerned about, and I think we need to, they're, you know, the way they're going right now, their funeral's coming soon. Bud Light. But uh, Bud Light, let's talk about Bud Light here. Bud Light experienced another week of sales decline, dropping 24% from a year ago. Uh, this is a Fox Business story. Bud Light experienced another week of decline last week of May with a 23.9% decrease in sales on a dollar basis compared to the same period last year. And sales have fallen another 24.5% the past four weeks, according to Nielsen IQ data, the sales decline can be attributed to the backlash faced by Bud Light and parent company Anheuser-Busch since creating custom cans for its transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney in early April. However, the week ending May 27 marked a smaller decrease compared to the pr previous week. Factors contributing to the smaller decline include effective communication by Anheuser-Busch distributors, continued merchandise placement by retailers, and strong Memorial Day sales driven by discounts and rebates and challenge in comparisons to 2022 sales. Tom. This is really funny. I don't need to talk about this anymore. I mean, this is this is um, Budweiser walking with a permanent limp the way they've shot themselves in the foot. Well, but what is happening on the back end? For beer drinkers that want good beer, Pat, check this out. Well, once a year, you have the Great American Beer Festival, and that's in Denver, Colorado. It's known as the Oscars of Brewing, um, and it's uh, run by, you know, independent minds, and Sam Adams has always been a great uh, supporter of it. As a matter of fact, back in 2009, I finished third place, American Pale Ale Competition. Shout out to you, You're Tom. joking. I'm the BizDoc. I'm not joking. BizDoc is a craft brewer on the side when he has space and time, which is hard with the BizDoc babe and two girls in school. But what is happening right now is the craft brewers used to make rich, tasty beers. You go into a bar or something like yeah. any, and it's, oh, you know, the, the Oregon honey beer. It's got a rich, different taste. What they've been making over the course of the last two years is more... Um, um, fast drinkable and mass drinkable. They've been aiming at Budweiser, ironically. And there are these five breweries that have come out of nowhere and they're being covered on social media by their followers. There's things going on. So what is happening is the American entrepreneur and craft brewers are fighting back. And you've got people like the Odell Brewing Company in Colorado, Creature Comforts in Athens, Georgia, Exhibit A Brewing Company, which I think is hysterical, in Framingham, Massachusetts, Dovetail Brewery. They are all brewing better than Budweiser's. It's mainstream American Pilsners aim to be better than Budweiser's, and they're taking off because they've gotten lift over the past month yeah. because people are saying, why drink Budweiser? Why don't you drink uh, the Dovetail Brewery Budweiser copy? But it's actually better than Budweiser. And so American beer drinkers are supporting small entrepreneurs, craft brewers that are brewing stuff up. So it's not just the boycott. The consumer, the beer drinker, didn't stop being a beer drinker for the summer. They're looking for alternatives and they're finding it, and they're finding it coming from American entrepreneurs coming out of the Great American Beer Festival. And I think this is a fantastic unintended consequence coming at Budweiser. And Tom, who who just ranked up to number one as the most popular beer in the United States? 
In terms of mass-produced, mass-produced, mass-produced factory beers, Modelo. Modelo, let's go, baby. Oh, that is the they most disgusting beer in the it's world. So when Modelo is number one, there's problems. We're you guys well. like Modelo? I, no, I, I only I can drink it with like like a michelada or something. I only like drink that. it when I'm pissed Corona. off. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> but uh, Pat, do you guys see what Dylan Mulvaney said about this whole thing? He said uh, more companies should work with more diverse groups of trans people after this whole debacle with Bud Light. And he said, and I quote. For a long time, I felt so lucky that these opportunities were coming my way that I thought it was by accident. But now I realize how much power I actually have. He goes, if a brand wants to work with me so bad, then they should work with other trans people too. It's not enough just to hire me, this white, skinny trans girl. I want all the dolls to be getting brand new, like all these brand deals. Go ahead. So if you're, if you're listening and you're a company, start hiring a bunch, of these, a bunch of these guys and see what happens to your company. It better not be a masculine freaking... But like numbers, of, numbers yeah. don't lie. Don't favor. They them. don't lie. You know, numbers don't favor them. No, it doesn't. And it's in beer. It's not just a boycott. We are now shifting away from giant woke factory beer companies and independent entrepreneurs and little islands in this company, a country, are winning. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah, so to wrap it up here, guys, before we finish up the podcast, there's a story that came up about Mel Gibson. I kind of want to talk about this. The story was about, I even retweeted it, is a story about the child uh, trafficking documentary that he's doing, a four-part documentary. It was written by Newsweek saying that he's doing this. So uh, uh, is this the Newsweek one? Yeah, is Mel Gibson making okay uh, reports? Uh, have emerged claiming that Mel Gibson is working on a four-part docuseries uncovering the global se uh, child sex trafficking market involving countries like Ukraine. Social media influencers Matt Wallace tweeted, it's time to expose the truth. While the founder of the operation, Undergrounded Railroad, Tim Ballard, hinted at Gibson's involvement in the docuseries, Gibson's representative denied the rumors, stating they are inaccurate. However, high-profile political influencers have expressed support. Uh, with the former uh, Arizona governor nominee, Kerry Lake, stating Mel Gibson's heart and soul are in the right place. Gibson's controversial past, including racist, anti-Semitic, and sexist comments, has fueled speculation. However, fact-checkers have revealed that certain quotes attributed to Gibson are false and misleading. So we don't know what's going to happen, whether he's going to produce it or not. If he does, he would be the right guy to do it. And this Tim Ballard guy has been involved in this for quite... He had some trouble, I think, also a couple of years ago. But it would be very – I'm reading this book by Tommy Mottola yesterday about the story of Tommy. I couldn't put the book down. And, you know, there's a part where he was trying to make a movie. And this movie was supposed to be him and uh, uh, Robert De Niro and some big-name guys that were going to do this, okay? And last minute, they're sitting there saying it's, it's, it's a story about going up against pedophilia and what was really taking place. And last minute, it never got funded Weird. for the movie to be made. <clears throat> so movies like this, documentaries like this, shows like this, there's a lot of people that want, don't want to do it because where are you going to platform it? Where are you going to put it up? But if there's a guy that could do it and pull it off, it's definitely Mel Gibson. I put it so on Twitter. I put it on happen. Twitter. Yeah, that's why I was. See what's going to happen. Yep. And I think Musk would be okay with that. Anyways, gang, we covered a bunch of different stories today. Once again, for those of you guys that are staying, wanting the Tate interview, text the word three one zero three four zero one one three two. Text the word Tate to three one zero three four zero one one three two. Once again, three one zero three four zero one one three two. There will be no podcast next week. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody that showed up to the live event, event uh, that we did last week, the Fresh and Fit podcast. We sold out. Shout out to the Valutainment crew out there that came. That was amazing. 
Thank you for the opportunity, PBD. I hope we didn't let you down. It was awesome. Shout out to the team. And thank you again for the Tate trip. It was awesome. Amazing experience. Vinny, you were low-key the MVP of that trip. You were hilarious. We got a lot more we had an awesome trip. interviews like yes. that coming uh, up here and, very soon. Yeah, and we're, we're both out next week. You're going to be yep. with your family. You're I'm going to be back I'm in out. Romania. We'll I'm see. just out. Yeah. I'm going to be out yes. next week. But uh, Okay, sounds good. Take care, everybody. We'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.